Hey, this is Dave Ryder from New Spring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au. Cool. So welcome to Connect Group Sunday. Um, by this time, um, every single person would have had the opportunity um, to listen in to um, what we did last week. And um, what we had last week was Partnership Sunday. And um, what we did um, is that we actually articulated once again who we are and also what it means to be part of the family of New Spring Church. So um, if you weren't here last week, um, that message is on podcast. Um, we actually have the video of it on our Facebook page. We also have it on our webpage, newspring.org.au, and we also have a Vimeo um, account, so you can actually watch it there. So you can listen to it or watch it. It is everywhere. I'd like to say it's going viral, but no, I don't think it is. So this week, we're actually moving on from what it means to be part of the family, and we're moving on to the exciting stuff. It's the exciting stuff which is all about growing. And um, if you were here last week or if you're part of our church, you will know that New Spring Church is here. We are here to lead people to Jesus and to grow people up in, G- in Jesus. And that sounds really good on paper, doesn't it? You know, it sounds obvious. We're here to lead people to Jesus and grow people up in Jesus. Here's the tricky bit. We live in Australia. Have you ever thought about that? That's the tricky bit. (laughs) Last year, I spent a lot of time just grappling. And I would say that 2018 for me um, was a year, not of struggle, but a year of grapple. Um, And I spent countless hours all over the suburbs and all over the place. I would spend a lot of time just watching people and watching Australians Australia is a very unique um, place, and we are placed uniquely on the world stage. Um, so I'd be in places, just in cafes or in streets, or, or driving around watching people go about their business, and, and also watching people even in our own church, and, and knowing that, and, and seeing, you know, there, there are people in our church, and, and you can see that there are just buds of maturity, and the things that just come out, it's just fantastic, it's awesome, and, and now I know there are other people in our church, and it seems like, you know what, they've kind of stuck still in 2012, and, and so I'm looking, and I'm watching, and I'm considering, and I'm reconsidering what my role is actually as the pastor here, um, and I'm asking the question, even as we grow numerically, and like we're growing numerically, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, are we just like growing a crowd, or are we becoming a more, uh, a, 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 this better reflection of, of what the church is to be? That's the question which I have, because I'm not interested in just growing a crowd. Uh, you can actually grow a crowd. You, you really can. Um, but, but I don't want to grow a crowd. I don't want to be part of that. Like, how are we actually doing it? So I've been just considering, reconsidering, thinking, rethinking um, in light of that. And, and it all kind of led to like this big question about we are called to minister in Australia. So I'm sitting and, and I, I usually, the second half of my um, message preparation, I would normally go um, usually into a food court. Um, I don't necessarily go and buy anything, but I just know that seems to be a hub in shopping centers where there's such a bustle of people. So I'm over there, and look, you know, I've got my, you got your Bible, and you're doing this message, and I'm watching people. I'm saying, how are they going to understand what I'm trying to communicate on a Sunday? How is that? How, is, how are we doing that? Um, because it's, so, so, so I'm thinking about that. That's the big question, like, in this in this multicultural place, which is so diverse, seems to be becoming more diverse. There seems to be more, more, more fractures that are happening um, 
not less. How do we communicate the gospel? Not just communicate the gospel. How do we engraft the gospel into our life? Because this story, this story, this story which we are engrafted into, this is actually Israel's story. Did you know that? This is, do you know Jesus is Israel's Messiah? But we live in Australia. You know, like how foreign is the story to us? So, so I'm thinking, how are, we, how are we doing it? And throughout last year, I was just thinking, you know what? I reckon the best bet we could have, maybe, maybe there's some wisdom if we actually look at um, how the very first non-Jewish church came about. The very first. And the beautiful thing is we actually have an account of that. So I know as a pastor, I, I have a lot of friends in the state who are pastors and I know what they're doing. I, I, I know that this year, especially this week, there's, I can't tell you how many churches have 21 days of fasting happening right now. You know, or you have prayer meetings or you have revival nights and you have this and you have that. But I'm still thinking about, yeah, that stuff is all good. That's all great. But how do we actually get rooted in this? And I come back to the very first time that non-Jewish community of Jesus followers popped onto the scene. And I think it could be quite instructional. So we're going to read through that, and then we're going to um, sort of... I'm going to walk you through what's happening in this so you can understand the significance and the importance of what we're actually going to step into as New Spring Church. And again, last week we were saying this is what it means to be part of the family. This week we're kind of saying that as a family, for the next four months, we're doing this journey. But there's a reason why we're doing it. Now, in this story, we're going to be, um, you'll notice a guy who's named Stephen. We're introduced to Stephen in Acts chapter 6. And what's happening in Acts chapter 6 is that they're looking for someone to serve tables. So they find a man and some other guys called Stephen, who is full of the Holy Spirit. He's a man of faith. And as he is going around serving tables, get this, get this. As he is going around serving tables, signs and wonders are happening. Get that. Wait a minute, I need to go to church for signs and wonders and miracles and heal. No, as he's serving the community. Crazy. My goodness. Anyway, so stuff's happening. Um, he's bold and he's courageous. Um, people from the synagogue come and they trick him and they call him a blasphemer. He gives this great sermon and they stone him. Um, and so that, that's the context for Stephen. But we're going to read from verse 19. From Acts chapter 11, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says this, Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death, there you go, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene, began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them, and a great number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. When the church of Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw this evidence of God's blessing. He was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus and to look for Paul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was Antioch where the believers were first called Christians. That's where our name first came, in Antioch. Early in his days, the church had some problems. You ever met someone who says, we just need to go back to the early church? 
The early church had some problems. Um, it might surprise you they had some problems. In the ancient world, there were two great divides that usually split people groups. Um, one of the divides was slaves and free people. That was one. And the other great divide was male and female. That was another great divide in the ancient world. Um, but the Jews actually had a divide which was even greater than that. And their divide was Jewish people and non-Jewish people, or Jew and Gentile. And as this church is kind of coming together in Jerusalem, you can understand that there's some problems that start to emerge. I mean, Peter gets up and he preaches, and all of a sudden you've got like thousands of people coming. Rapid growth brings problems, doesn't it? Brings some issues, doesn't it? You know, something happened, and we're like, we're like 200 or so here this morning, and, and something happened, God comes and all that, and all of a sudden next week we have 5,000. We've got a couple of problems there, you know? It's got to be some issues which are happening. Um, things are happening. Peter and John, they're, they're preaching and miracles, so, so they're getting questioned as to what they're doing. They're saying, you, you're not allowed to go around preaching or using that name, that name of Jesus. You can't go around doing that. Get thrown in prison, so some things are happening there. There's one time where um, this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, they lie about um, some money they got from their property, and they lie to the church, they lie to God, and they drop dead right there. You know, bad PR, bad PR, <laughs> you know? Jealousy from the Sadducees. Acts 6, that we picked, talked about earlier on, came about because there was discrimination between Greek and Hebrew believers. And there it is. That's the divide, isn't it? Discrimination. Discrimination. Jews and non-Jewish. Jews and Gentiles. So in Jerusalem, the consensus was with the Jewish Christians that if these non-Jewish people wanted to follow Jesus, well, they had to do so on Jewish terms. And in Jerusalem, that sounded reasonable. Um, it, it seemed okay. So they kind of went in that kind of direction. However, God seemed to have a really big problem with that mindset. In fact, he um, shows Peter this vision three times about actually redefining and reclarifying what is clean and what is not clean. In fact, if Peter had to remember, Jesus actually went to extraordinary lengths to actually redefine and show them what was clean and what was unclean, though Peter seemed to forget that, um, as we do sometimes. And straight after that vision... God sends Peter to this Gentile's house called named Cornelius. Anyone remember the story? Cornelius. He goes, and as he goes into the household of Cornelius, he is absolutely bamboozled because the same phenomena, the same outpouring of the Spirit that happened on the day of Pentecost is happening in this Gentile's house, Cornelius. And he is absolutely amazed that this is happening. The problem is no one told the Jewish Christians this. No one told them. So as Peter comes back to Jerusalem, we read from verse 1 in Acts chapter 11, get this. Soon the news reached the apostles and other believers in Judea that the Gentiles had received the word of God. Get this. But when Peter arrived back in Jerusalem, the Jewish believers criticized him. You went to the home of Gentiles. You even ate with them, they said. And there's the great divide again. The great divide. The gospel, right up front, is demolishing divides, by the way. In a world that wants to put up walls, the gospel is tearing that apart. Gives me great hope for Australia if we carry the, God, the kingdom of God forward, that is. So the passage that we're going to just look at briefly today actually recounts what happens after this. Um, after Stephen is stoned. And um, we kind of read that after this persecution comes, and usually when persecution comes, people flee, people run, right? They scatter. So these followers of Jesus, they spread. And out of this spreading, what actually happens is the very first 
non-Jewish community of Jesus followers. And again, I'm going to say, Australia, we are not Jewish people. We are here on the corner of Lake and Center Road. We are a community of non-Jewish Jesus followers. So maybe we can actually gain some wisdom as to what happened in this. This is where I'm taking you with this. So from verse 19 says this, Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. Get this, they preached the word of God, but only to Jews. Well, a bit of a divide there again still. Verse 20, however, I'm so glad there's a however. However. Being in a, a Christian in Australia right now, I'm so glad that all those years back then there was a however. Because if there was no however, I would still be lost today. And so would you. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. Now, I have a bit of a map. Um, Paul, if you could just chuck that up. Just so you can see just a little bit of the distance of what's happening over here. So, so down here you have Jerusalem, um, Phoenicia. Up there is Antioch. Tarsus around the corner, okay? All right? So th this is what happened. There's persecution that's happening in Jerusalem. Stephen gets stoned. Persecution comes. Um, Jewish Christians, they flee. They go running woo, all the way up there, um, and they um, reside in some of those areas. And Antioch is one of those places. Now, Antioch is very different to Jerusalem because Antioch is this melting pot of bustling cultures and ethnic groups and, and various religious um, traditions, including some um, Jewish population as well. It was a place where ideas were debated, where ideas were learned, where, where, where you would go and you would learn things from Aristotle and Plato. It was a place of philosophy. It was a place of debate. It was far different to the Jerusalem that these Jewish Christians had come from, far, far, far different. And once they were there, these Jewish Christians, guess what they did? Once they were there, they were eager to share the good news of Jesus with Jews and non-Jews. That's what the scripture says. They were eager because they truly believed that through Jesus, God's reign was breaking forth. And it wasn't just breaking forth. It wasn't just breaking in just for the Jews, but it was actually breaking forth for the entire world. And as a result, a large group of people started to believe the message of Jesus. They abandoned their previous ways and they uh, made their allegiance to Jesus. And you need to understand right now that would be like, oh, yeah, whatever. But back then, this is the first time. So there's no manual for this. It's not like instruction book. How do we go about this? In fact, we previously read that Peter did the same thing, and he's the leader of the church, and he's been criticized for going into a Gentile house and said, you even ate at the Gentile table. There's no manual for this, okay? There's no manual for this. This is just unheard of. So you can understand, this is happening up in Antioch. Back in Jerusalem, they get word of this. They get word of this. And, and so when they hear what's happening, they say, well, something's happening in Antioch. There's like these Jesus followers starting to emerge over there. So what they do, verse 22, when the church of Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Okay? They sent Barnabas to Antioch. Now, when Barnabas gets to Antioch, what he witnesses is nothing short of breathtaking. God's Spirit is at work. 
Even the Gentiles, these non-Jewish Jewish people, they, they, they are experiencing the Spirit. There is vibrancy. There. This is a genuine community of Jesus' followers. Verse 23 says, When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. And right there is the kicker. He encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. To stay true to the Lord in a bustling, bubbling, melting pot of differing religious ideas, differing philosophies. He encouraged them to stay faithful. You may well ask, what is actually the transcendent true marker of a follower of Jesus? It is heartfelt trust and allegiance to God who is revealed to us in Jesus. It is heartfelt trust and allegiance. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. You read through Paul, faithfulness is a very big word for him. Very big word. Word pistos in Greek. It's a big word. It appears everywhere. That for Paul writing to the churches in the New Testament, remaining faithful, our allegiance to the Lord is paramount. Not anything else, not anyone else, but staying true to God. So Barnabas is over there, and he understands, okay, this is the marker of, of, of following Jesus. However, this is a pretty energetic new group. I mean, you could understand, they're like pioneers, you know? But he could actually see there's some challenge. You, could, you can understand there's going to be a bit of challenge, you know? There's going to be some things they're going to have to navigate. So he could see the challenge for this new community because they're excited. Yeah, they're trying to live this countercultural way. Fantastic. They're trying to do something which had never been done before. There's no manual for this. And for this reason, for this church to survive in this melting pot of clashing ideas and cultures, there are two things that Barnabas knew that these non-Jewish Jesus followers are going to need. Two things. Firstly, they're not Jewish people, so they are going to have to somehow get firmly rooted in Israel's story. Because Israel's story is where God reveals his character. Okay? He knows that. But the second thing that this new non-Jewish followers of Jesus is going to need, they are going to need to actually um, grapple with the implications of Jesus being the true king or Messiah of Israel's story. They are the two things in order for this church to remain faithful, in order for this church to keep its integrity, in other words, to actually be the church, as opposed to maybe something else. They're going to need that. And unfortunately for us today, this kind of notion seems a little bit foreign, doesn't it? You know? Israel's story? Are you saying I need to become Jew? I'm not saying you need to become Jew. But we need to understand that our Messiah is the fulfillment of Israel's story. And it's in Israel's story where God reveals himself to us. So the funny thing is that if we're not familiar with Israel's story, we're not going to be familiar with the God who we say we worship. You don't understand what I'm saying? So Barnabas gets this. He understands this. All right? In 144, there was this movement um, 
um, this thinking known as Marcionism, and it was denounced as heresy. And Marcion um, actually rejected the Hebrew Bible and um, the God of Israel. He believed that um, the, the Hebrew God was this wrathful, vengeful um, God, and he was lower and um, he, he, he was lower to, to the all-forgiving um, Jesus of the New Testament. And obviously that was denounced and that was deemed as heresy. Um, I was been listening to some lectures over the years, and and um, I remember one just a little off comment which I was listening to, and and this lecturer was actually saying that he was having this conversation with a professor in a um, seminary, and they were talking about just the state of uh, of Christians and our understanding of Israel's story and all that, and the professor actually said something that which was quite sobering. He said, "You know what? Marcion was denounced as a heretic, but Marcion won because." We have this idea that this is detached from this. We even had a really um, prominent um, church leader say last year that we, we should unhitch from the Old Testament. Um, in two weeks' time, we're going to start our journey through Mark. And in the first three verses, you're going to see how fundamental it is for us to know this story, if we are to actually understand who Jesus is and what he was actually doing. So he gets that. Barnabas gets that. And um, he, he, he knows that, 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 that they're going to have to do that. So guess what he does? He knows that this is the issue, this is the challenge for this new church, that they, they need to be rooted in Israel's story, they need to grapple with the implications as Jesus is the fulfillment of that. So Jesus responds to this problem, verse 25. This is his response. He goes and finds someone who he has not seen for over a decade. Verse 25, then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, or the apostle Paul. Paul's been out of the scene for over 10 years. Right, About 12 years previous, Barnabas took him um, up to Jerusalem so he could meet the church leaders. They go meet the church leaders. We don't hear anything about Paul for like 12 or so years. You know, um, you, you may not know that, but because when you read the, 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 the story in the Bible, you can actually read the whole lot in about like two minutes. But that two minutes has taken a long time. And guess what happens when he finds Saul and brings him back to Antioch? Verse 26, when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was Antioch that the believers were first called Christian. We are people who are unfamiliar with Israel's story. And for good reason, we live in Australia. I'm not Jewish. I'm Anglo-Indian. I was born in Perth. You know, out of all the cultures that are represented in our church, I don't think that there is one Jewish person in our church. But we are unfamiliar. We become so familiar with other stories. But the story in which we actually put our eternity into, we are so unfamiliar with. And that is what, over the next coming year or years, I'm hoping and praying that we become more familiar with the story of Israel. That we become more familiar with this God who's been revealed here. That through Jesus, the reign of God, the kingdom of God, his power, his kingdom has broken in and has broken through this world. That we understand as we 
function as we live in our vocation as the church of Jesus Christ in Armadale, in Gosnells, in Perth, wherever we are, that we are supposed to be agents of liberation. There's something has begun all the way back over here that we are supposed to be part of. And the clearer I get of who my God is as he is revealed through all of this story, the clearer I am going to be. It's almost like the, the mist is going to clear. It's almost like the, the leaves are going to clear. It's almost like I've been walking in a haze. And as we get clearer and clearer and clearer as to who God is, who Yahweh is, who Jesus is. who like Jesus is Yahweh, by the way. We'll go into that in two weeks' time. But as we get more clearer, we're going to walk more confidently into it. That's what we're going to do. So last week we had Partnership Sunday to clarify who we are, the family of New Spring Church. Today is about letting the family know that for the next four months, we're going into a course that's actually going to help, going to provide a framework. It's not going to do all the work for us. It is so simple yet so profound that an unbeliever can actually follow it, but someone who's been walking with the Lord for 50 years, you're still going to get a lot of stuff out of it. It is simple but profound, but it's going to walk through this story and actually enable us to see where the books fit, what God was actually saying, like where Jonah fits, where Hosea fits and all that. That's what we we're going to do. And um, it's going to be very, very good for us. And like I said, on February 10, we're going to kick off with the journey of Mark. And it's going to be a long journey. It's probably going to, I'm not going to tell you how long it's going to take. I might scare you off. It's going to take a long time. Late last year, I caught up with our current Connect Group leaders. I gave them the course, gave them the book, so they should be ready to go. We need more Connect Group leaders, all right? Um, even if you can just do it for like eight sessions, four months, all you do is play a video, talk about it. Can you do that? That's pretty simple. But if you're not part of a Connect Group, um, opportunity NTX to put your name down there. But instead of actually trying to explain to you this thing, I thought I'd show you... Um, one of the part one of one of the sessions. Is that okay? It's 15 minutes. So these sessions go 15 minutes, have a talk. Next 15 minutes, have a talk. Pretty simple, okay? This is from session five. So it's far enough in the future, so you're going to forget it. <laughs> but some of the content about session five, which is about here, okay, this is where this session is, is actually going to feed in a two weeks' time when we go to here. So, um, we're going to watch that and I'll come back. And you're going to actually get a picture of what I've been talking about with this Bible course. And um, it is um, um, from the UK, so um, we love the accent.